church, so good to see you on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Amen. The Bible says to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Let's praise the Lord today from a thankful heart, rejoicing in the Father. He is so good. Amen. Let's sing this morning. Come on.
understand Lord that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords God that you would send your son to take our place to bear our sin our our shame father on the cross Lord we rejoice in you this morning God you are our hope you are our joy our salvation and God we rejoice in you today
have been such a special, intimate time with the body of Christ, and so thankful for this past Wednesday night. Brother Don Stewart wanted me to thank our church family for making his 88th birthday so special and celebrating with him 
on Wednesday night. He was really surprised. He said, I've only been surprised a couple times in 88 years, but y'all got me. I was really, really surprised, and we were so glad to be able to share and celebrate his birthday. I want to remind the youth and all the parents of the youth, they will have youth service tonight in the youth building, 5 to 7 o'clock. They're going to have their service in the youth building, going out to the gym for some fellowship time and pizza afterwards. So make sure that your youth are here this evening. And then next Sunday uh, will be our senior adult luncheon right after church. Uh, if you are ages 50 and above, we would love for you to stay and join us for a fried fish dinner. Uh, Pastor Larry uh, Myers will be ministering in our service. He's from Mexico Ministries. We're looking forward to that. Invite your friends and your family to come be a part of next week's services. And our missions offering focus today we, a couple of times a year, like to replenish our benevolence fund here at the church. And that's just a fund that we help people in need. And just over this past week, we've been made aware of just a couple needs among our senior adults. Many of them live on a fixed income. And when extra expenses arise, we want to be able to help them. You know, it's so good to be able to send funds all over the world to feed hungry children like we do in Africa and different places of the world to be able to help hurricane victims in our neighboring state like we did last week. But you know what? When there's a need within the body, especially among our seniors, Galatians 6.10 says, as we have opportunity, do good to all, but especially of those that are of the household of faith. And so we as a body are so privileged to be able to meet needs we can't. We don't know everything, aren't made aware of everything, but as the Lord shows us things and lays upon our heart needs within the body, we want to be able to meet those needs. So ushers, you come this morning. This will be for our benevolence fund and to be able to meet the needs within the body and those without as the Lord leads. So let's stand and let's bring our offering forward in faith and greet one another this morning.
Well, hey guys, good to see you all in the house of the Lord today. What a beautiful day that the Lord has given us to worship Him. You know, there's especially there's times in my heart when I'm just so thankful to be washed in the blood and a part of the body of Christ, and I feel that so strong in my spirit today. You know, I, you don't know what I'm going to preach, but, you know, because of that, as I'm meditating on this, I am so thankful today. Anybody with me that my sins have been taken care of at the cross by the blood of Jesus, and I am a part of an eternal family called the body of Christ. We will be together forever and ever. Get used to me as I get used to you. You might even have a mansion next door to me. I don't know. And you better keep your grass cut and stuff picked up around there, <clears throat> or I'll turn you into the neighborhood watch. It is blessed to be a Christian. It is a joyful thing to be a Christian. It is power. It is life. Even in the midst of our embracing the fellowship of suffering that we go through as a member of the body. There is a resurrection power constantly elevating me, causing me to overcome. We are more than conquerors. It is a blessed thing to be a Christian. It is so important these days to understand what a Christian is, what his life will look like or her life will look like or not look like what the tree is going to look like, the fruit that we're going to bear. Wednesday night, I gave that phrase again, normal Christianity. And I said, I'm not going to shy away from that ever. And I don't want you to get dull of hearing of hearing those words, normal Christianity, because never before is it so important for you and I to recognize what is normal Christianity. If I call myself a Christian, am I normal? Am I biblically normal? Am I abnormal? As I look out in the world and I hear so many people saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. I learned back in the day when knocking on doors or witnessing to people, I never, I would always say this, hey, are you a Christian? Never, ever start out with that question because everybody's a Christian. They're on dope, they're this and that, they're sleeping around, they're doing all these things, and yes, they are a Christian because I believe in Jesus. Saying something doesn't make it so. And as I say that, every person that is on drugs, every person that is living in sexual immorality, everybody who has their world biblically upside down, Jesus loves them, and Jesus is wanting to save them, and Jesus is wanting to make them a brand new creation and make them a normal Christian. But we can't go by what people say. We need to know the Word of God. I was talking to a pastor on the phone, and I said, biblical, I made the statement, normal Christianity isn't acceptable anymore. And he concurred, and he said, yes, that is correct, as we continued in on our conversation. And so, Wednesday night, I feel like I want to finish Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I kind of gave a couple facts to start off with. And I said this, given the fact, before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I need prayer. How about you? Pray for me right now. Father God, we come today as we're just dust, Lord. We're just vessels, clay vessels that 
contain your treasure, but Lord, that dust sometimes get, gets in our lungs and we don't breathe properly. Sometimes that dust gets in our eyes and we don't see properly. And sometimes that dust gets on our body and we need to get cleansed. And so whatever you need to do to these clay vessels today, do it, Lord, and fill us with your treasure afresh and anew. Let us receive all that you are because all that you are is all that we need. Can I get a witness in the house today? So given the fact, just rehearsing from Wednesday night, that in Matthew 5, Jesus said that not one jot or tittle, not one comma, not one period will pass away from the law until all is fulfilled. I wanted you to understand that no matter what you think about this word, there will come a day you will look back on all of history and go, okay, that was fulfilled, that was fulfilled, that was fulfilled. I didn't think that was going to be possible, but that was possible too. That, made, that happened too, and so forth and so on. Everything that you read in this book is going to be absolutely carried out. Amen. Amen. Never forget that. In John 12, Jesus said that at this point in time, he is Savior of the world and that he has not come to judge the world. Even with all the lawlessness that we see, the rebellion against his authority. If you want to reject Christ right now, if you want to reject God's word, that's your decision to make. If you reject this word that I preach today, you're going to get in your car, you're going to go, and you're probably not going to be struck by lightning. You may not get in a car wreck. Satan may, may not take over your life if you reject God's word today. It's a dispensation of grace. In mercy, you can do what you want to do. He didn't come to judge the world yet. But there is coming a day when that will change. And he will come to judge the world in righteousness. The Bible says several times. As we read in Revelation 6, the wrath of the Lamb has come. And who is able to stand? And I've been looking at Fox News a little bit lately just because I want to get it kind of in touch. There's a couple messages coming up with what's being said out there. What's being said out there is very ugly. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, Putin or South Korean guy or whoever it is out there, nuclear war and all these things and all the arrogance from our politicians and presidents, whether they're a donkey or an elephant. The arrogance that we walk in as human beings, those very same people that are doing what they want to do right now will cry for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from the one who sits on the throne. There's coming a day like that. And when judgment comes, just like when you get arrested and you're put on trial, you're not judged based upon, you know, whether the judge likes you or not. As you look, he looks over at the witness stand and goes, you know, I kind of like this guy. I think I'm going to, you know, give a judgment based upon that or I dislike the guy. No, that, that judge, if he's a righteous judge, he is judging you based upon an established law that has already been written. And Jesus, when he comes to judge you, he's not going to look at you like he likes you or he loves you. And if you miss heaven, he's going to, he, he, he pronounces judgment upon you. He will do so with tears streaming down his face. But he is a righteous judge in all the earth. And you and I will be judged based upon a law that has already been established from the history of the world. John 12, 48, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him, the word that I have spoken will judge him in that day. Every disobedience, 
every you know, ignoring God's word, every just being flippant about God's word, all of it will come to bear at that point in time in our lives. Given the fact, given the fact that the depth of deception that is about, abounding all around us, the depth of deception that is abounding all around us, I quoted these Wednesday night. I'm going to give them to you on the screen, 1 Timothy 4 and 2 Timothy 4. Remember that, 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith. That is, they will leave what is normal. They will leave what is established Christianity, biblical Christianity, and they will do things their own way. They will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught literally by demons. What a thought that I am living my religious life and God's word is not teaching me, but demons are teaching me. Now the demons use the word and twist it to your own destruction and you think you're following it, but it's just demons teaching you and deceiving you. Second Timothy 4, even more solemn, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus who will someday, here it is, judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Young Timothy, oh, Kevin, preach the word. I like the New King James better. It says, preach the word, exclamation point. This is what we need to do, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favor favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming and I'll put this in parentheses, and now is. For a time is coming and now is when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. That day is here. I don't go to that church because I don't like what they're saying to me. And if you don't like what they're saying in the church that you attend, you can always find a church that will tell you just what you want to hear are not hear what you don't want to hear. We are there. We are there. Given the fact in Matthew chapter 7, as the Bible's looking back on that day when many people were standing before Jesus and they had all that Jesus stuff going. They were preaching Jesus. They were singing Jesus. They were praying to Jesus. They were assembling in the name of Jesus. But Jesus looked at them and said, I don't even know you. I never knew you. Depart from you who work lawlessness. You did Christianity your own way. You made an abnormal Christianity and you didn't recognize it because the Word of God was not your bearing and your GPS. You did it according to your own liking. I never knew you. Wow. And so I said Wednesday night, we are in a crisis in our nation. No matter how positive you want to of a spin you want to put on. We're in a crisis in our nation. The American church is in crisis. I don't have all the answers. Eagle Heights is not the answer. We are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I can say quite confidently that the American church is in a, in a crisis. Can I get a couple amens right there because you know. Here's my question to you today. Where's the safe place? Where's the safe place? Where is the haven? Where is the refuge? What can I do to make sure that I am not a part of any of those things that we just read about that are facts? I want to make sure that I'm standing on solid ground, real ground, wise man ground, rock ground, not sinking sand ground. I want to make sure 
how do I do that? On these last few messages that I just wrote down real quick that I could recall, am I truly yoked to Christ, really? Go back and listen to some of those messages. Have I embraced the fellowship of his suffering? Am I willing to suffer in these days? Do I see my need for the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? We're talking about what is a safe place and what do I need to make sure that I've established, that God's established in me. Am I walking last week? Am I walking in humility and childlikeness? Let me shift to today. Do I understand what the body of Christ is? Well, sure, I know. No, do you really understand? Do you know that you know that you are a member of the body of Christ? Well, I'm a member of First Baptist Church of Small Town, USA. I'm a member of Eagle Heights Community Church. I didn't ask you that. Do you know that you're a member of the body of Christ? Do you understand that we, you and I, are the body of Christ? You and I are the body of Christ. I want to turn to Acts chapter 2 and read a passage that I read the first Sunday when we began Eagle Heights Community Church in my upstairs bedroom, which was the biggest room. It was supposed to be a storage room. We started church there. We had 24 people. Miss Debbie, wasn't you there that first Sunday? See, see, see. No, I'm kidding. Miss Sherry, now, were you there? Where's Miss Sherry now? Okay. <laughs> I thought she was over here. Anybody else in that first service? I was. Pastor Lisa was. My kids were. We had 24 people. It, I didn't even know we were going to have anybody, to be honest with you. It was, in a mir- it was a miracle for sure. But let me tell you what was in my heart. I had been a denominational pastor for five years. I traveled in evangelism for five years and just seeing the church and I, I was just so, I was just so burnt out on what I would say now, abnormal Christianity. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And I said, Lord, I'll do this. I'll plant a church. I thought I was going to travel for the rest of my life in ministry. I loved it. I'll do this. I'll do this if, if, if you lead me in this. But Lord, for the rest of my days, I'm going to pursue what's normal Christianity. And I can say there's been times when I've felt and I have sensed that there we were on the cusp of some things. I, I sense, and not even talking about us as an individual church, but in the body, we were just right there. Just right there. You know, man always messes things up. But it must be the pursuit of our life to pursue normal Christianity. I told Pastor Lisa, I love people. I I know the gospel is for everybody. There's hope for everybody. But when I see two men walking down the road holding hands, I would never, ever not be provoked by that. I will never call that normal. I will never, ever call normal when we don't know what pronoun to use for people. That's not going to be normal for me. We're going, to be, we're going to be biblically normal. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to love people. We're going to believe that Satan can be conquered in people's lives. We're going to believe that. But we must be aware of our tendency just to kind of 
dull, just kind of dumb things down and dumb things down to the standard that we are okay with. I had this thought one day, you know, at least it's a guy and a gal. They're, they're living together. At least it's a guy and a gal. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That's sexual immorality. It was just this fleeting thought. But if we're not careful, we can let things that we're just just so burdened with and things that we're seeing constantly just kind of lower the standard and lower the standard and lower the standard because I just need to feel some kind of, you know, that, that we're succeeding in some way and just feel kind of normal in some way. We can never do that on anything, whether issues of morality or the condition of the church. Can I get a couple amens right there? I got to constantly pursue what is normal. That's what I was doing the first Sunday of Eagle Heights. Peter's preaching under the power of the Holy Spirit. He's denied, he's denied, he's denied, he's messed up. He's following at a distance. The Spirit of God comes upon him after he obeys. And the other 120 people in the room that day, birthday of the church, Pentecost, Holy Spirit fell upon everybody in the room. Sound from heaven, there's a rushing mighty wind. Church gets started. Peter gets up after they said, hey, they're just drunk. He said, no, they're not drunk, as you suppose. And he begins to preach. And 3,000 souls get saved that day. And as he is preaching, he is saying, God has made this Jesus whom you have crucified with lawless hands. He has made him both Lord and Messiah, Lord in Christ. He isn't just a little carpenter around in the area. He isn't just a great teacher or even a prophet. He is Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Holy Spirit brought convincing to their hearts. They were cut to the heart. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? I'm converted. I'm childlike. I'm poor in spirit. My sins nailed into the cross. He was bearing my sin on that cross. What do, practically, what do I need to do? I'm poor and needy and I need help. I've already got ahead of myself. Verse 37. Verse 38. And Peter said, what? This ugly, terrible word. This horrible, curse word today. He said, repent. Change your perspective. Change your mind on Jesus. Change your mind about your sin. Change your mind about God's plan for your life. Change your behavior. Turn to the Messiah. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, identifying yourself with this Jesus for the remission of sin, for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that you're going to need because the Holy Spirit is going to take that which is heaven's and bring it into your life. For this promise is to you and to your children, all those are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. What was their response with many other words, he testified, exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Ah, I wonder how perverse their generation was compared to ours. I don't know. But if they said it then, surely we need to say it now. Be saved. Get delivered out of this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the words were bat, were, word was baptized, 3,000 souls were added to them. 
I want you to know what happened at that moment. An absolute astounding miracle. They were not born of the flesh, the will of the flesh. They were born of the Spirit. In one instant when that will was laid down and faith that reached out and put everything, all all of their person, all of everything that they ever were, what they would intend to be one day, everything Jesus is my Lord. In that one split second, they were converted and they were brought out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of God's dear son. He was the God far off, but now he is Abba Father. Their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. They received a, a deposit from heaven, the Holy Spirit, as a guarantee of the purchased possession. They were bought with a price. And in that very instant, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this. Some of us are Jews Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are from Albany, and some of us are from Tickfall. Some are slaves, some are free. Some are rich, some are poor. Some are educated, some are not so educated. Some are pretty, some are not so pretty. Some are black, some are white, some are Spanish, some are Chinese. Some are tongue, nation, various But we have all, but we have all been baptized into what? One body, not Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, assembly. How far do I need to go? One body. One body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Do not miss that point right there. When we had the sheriff's breakfast a week or so ago, whenever it was, I had a couple pastor guys. I, I didn't know one, I knew one, the other one. And we sat down to breakfast. We just, he said, let's talk shop a little bit. And I hadn't had a conversation like that since before COVID. And I was just wow, Okay. And uh, great guy, great guy, awesome guy. He said, you know, since COVID, you know, things have been a little lax, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, figure out how to get people connected together and so forth and so on. And do y'all do small groups? Do you do a Sunday school? Do you do a da-da-da-da-da? And we went on this conversation. You know, back in the day, probably 20 years ago, and I sat like a little puppy in a, in, 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 pastors conferences and even went to one or two church growth conferences and all those kind of things you know we all try to get our little things in place so that we can see some growth in the church you know what I told that pastor I just said this you know I said you know what I've learned I've learned this that until people feel a felt need in their life there's not a thing you can do to lead them you can hurt them you can go back with a cattle prod, or you can, you can put some feed out in front of them. You can drop some hay in front of them, and they'll go against their nature, and they'll do what you tell them to do, but as soon as you stop prodding and feeding, they ain't, they ain't going to do it. But the body will. The body will. 
And so the body feels a need to be connected to the body. And so they will get in a small group or they will, you know, go to your Sunday school, whatever, whatever format you have, the body shares the same spirit. And it's going to do, amen, the sheep are going to follow the voice of the head of the shepherd. Can I get a witness in the house? Another guy said, you know, we're just starting out. I know this guy fairly well. He's launching out in a different, you know, aspect of his ministry. He's going to plant a church. He said, man, how did you do it? Tell me what you did. Tell me, you know, you, you've been ahead. You, 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 you've walked out. And how do you do, how'd you do this thing? Tell me how to do it. I'm just very honest these days. And I say, you know what? I have no idea. Basically, I got caught in the seatbelt and the door was slammed and I got drugged along the road. <laughs> Come on. And I was willing to do it. And God just did everything despite me and my weakness and my lack of wisdom and my lack of whatever. Unless the Lord builds a house. The labor's labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. I, I really don't know what to tell you. All I know this is obey implicitly everything the Spirit of God tells you to do. And when you miss it, just repent of it and go back and believe that God's going to make a, the path under you broad to cover your mistakes. Jesus will build. And if you're supposed to be a church of 12 or 25 or 50 or 100 or 500 or 5,000, that's his business. You don't give the increase. God gives the increase. You are faithful. You step up. You preach the word. I don't make the church increase. I don't make the church decrease. I, all I do is just do what I'm supposed to do, and God does whatever he wants to do. Can I get a witness in the house? He builds the church. He builds the body. And listen to what the Holy Spirit said in 1 John 2. We don't preach these kind of things too much. But with this subject matter today, I want, I want to do that. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And have you heard that? Just raise your hand if you heard the Antichrist is coming. Okay, put your hands down. Even now, many Antichrists have come by which we know that it's the last hour. Stop right there. I want you to understand the Antichrist is not Buddha or Muhammad. Ever thought about that? Well, they're false religions, but they are not the Antichrist. The Antichrist counterfeits Christ. It's not a separate religion. The Antichrist counterfeits Christ, counterfeits the Christian church, counterfeits Christian relationship. Antichrist, many Antichrists have come. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a figure, by the way. It's not a, it's not a personality out there. It is, a, it is a message that is portrayed. Many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Go to the next verse. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. As the great apostasy is, is, is in our future, and I feel we're on the cusp of that, on the fringes of that. Like I told somebody, I said, you know, 
I, I think I even preached it. When, the, when COVID first started, I said, you know what? We're fixing to see a cleaning out of the church right now. I've had people leave the church over in vaccinations, over mask, wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Let me just tell you something. You ain't the body. The body, the body don't leave over vaccinations or wearing a mask. Is anybody in the house? A body's deeper than that. I don't leave my wife, amen, because, you know, she's got toothpaste mess all over the sink. Or she didn't bring the dirty diapers out. I was working all day, and all of a sudden I come in, and Luke and Emmy's diapers are smelling up. The, I don't leave her because I'm one with her. Can I get a witness in the house? It is time for us to understand what the body is. Let me read that again. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You can see, you can understand. Now, I want to tell you, there's, the Spirit of God moves people around within the body. Don't misunderstand me. Sometimes there are godly moves. There are Holy Spirit moves. But when Holy Spirit moves occur, you know there are, there are Holy Spirit moves. But so much is going on in the church today. That pastor I was talking to and the things he's dealing with. Let me tell you what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people that weren't, weren't really the body in the first place. Oh, but they were so nice. They were so kind. They were so this. They were so religious. They were so... I'm telling you, listen to me. I know there's a kingdom. The kingdom. I'm kingdom-minded. I'm kingdom. I'm kingdom. I got it. And there are wives, and there are wives, and there are billions of wives on the planet, but I'm only married to one. And when I stand before the Lord, I'm not going to give an account for the billions of wives. I'm going to give an account for that, that bride right there. Can I get a witness? The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. But when you stand before the Lord, and we're going to see this throughout this message, when you stand before the Lord, you're not going to give an account for the church in Boise, Idaho. You're going to give an account for the person you're sitting next to in that pew right now, or chair right now, or the people in this room and how you ministered or, or didn't minister to those people. Can I get a witness in the house? Anybody with me? What is the body? Do we know that we are the body let me just say that there's, if there's no real connection to the body, there's no real connection to the head. If there's no love for our loyalty to service to the body of Christ, there's no connection to Christ. You've heard me preach Matthew 25 so many times. On the throne, Jesus on the throne, nations, all the nations gather before him. He separates the sheep from the goats. These people go to heaven, these people go to hell. What made the difference? What you did or didn't do the least of these, my brethren. What you did to the body or didn't do to the body. I'm not saved because of what I do to the body, but when I am a member of the body, I do things to the body I'm supposed to do. That makes sense? I can't get saved, let me say it again, because I serve, serve, serve the body or give to the body or fellowship with the body. I get, I get saved to become a member of the body, and then I do those things that I do because I am a member of the body. And if I don't do those things that are uh, part of being a member of the body, then I'm not really the body. Did everybody get that? So Jesus says, listen, when did we see you? The sheep cried. When did we see you? The goats cried. And he said, when you, when you did good or bad to the body, you didn't realize you were doing it to me. 
And when you didn't do good or bad to the body, you weren't doing it to me. When, when you give love to the body, you're giving it to me. When you give service to the body, you're giving it to me. When you give of your resources to the body, you're giving it to me. When you don't give to the body, you're not giving to me. So we got to get beyond this concept of church, 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 and wherever I go to church is fine. It doesn't matter. Church, 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 church. It's like Walmart. No, it's not like Walmart at all. It's not like that at all. It's where I've been sovereignly planted, and I'm going to give an account of where God has planted me. God works through his people. I want you to understand that. And when I tell those stories of Moses and him raising up his hands and Aaron and Ur holding up his hands because he's tired or those Joshua out there in the valley and the hands are up, and I want you to get a picture of that. There's nothing to do with pastors and supporting pastors. It's a part of it because sometimes I'm in the valley and I'm, and I'm warring for you. And I need my wife's hands and authority and her prayers praying over me. I'm all three of these positions and you are too. There's times when I have to hold the hands up of my children or staff or whoever. And you do somebody in your small group, you got to hold their hands up. They're tired. They're trying to do it, but they're having a struggle. And I want you to understand, if, if, if we don't understand that people use people and uses his people, we're going to lose many battles that we shouldn't have lost. I want you to understand who you are and how important you are. God uses his people. Last week, Naaman's got leprosy. The little girl, she's full of God. I know if we can get him over there to the prophet, I know. That's faith. If the little servant girl doesn't speak up, if the little servant girl isn't in that place that she really didn't want to be in, God's kingdom doesn't advance. And that young man that said, hey, Father, listen, if he would ask for something hard, wouldn't you have done it? All he said is dip in the river seven times. There was some faith there. I know it was because why would you tell this guy, your boss, to go get in that river and he's got leprosy if you didn't think that somehow, some way, God was going to move? God was work. God was setting things up, and he was using people. Can I get a witness in the house? We can say it this way in the New Testament. Jesus only uses his body to advance the kingdom in the earth. Now, he'll give a dream. He'll give a vision. He can speak to your heart. He can do all kinds of things. Nobody around. Mark it down. When you get into the body, somehow some human touched your life to get you there. I had this dream. I don't know what to do with it. Here's what you do with it. God's speaking to you, and you preach the gospel. It's going to take somebody. It's going to take a body to advance the kingdom of God. We are the body of Christ. Luke 24, 15, so it was while they converse. This is the Maus Road, and reason that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. There was a flesh and bone body that walked up to, to these men, heard what they were saying, corrected what they were thinking, and got them back into faith and in where they needed to be. A 
Well, what's the deal with that? Well, Jesus is on the throne right now. You may be surprised when you read Luke, I saw a lamb, though it had been slain, there is, there is a flesh and bone body, a glorified body, Jesus Christ, who is sitting at the right hand of God right now. He's got marks in his hand and a, and a wound in his side. He's a flesh and bone body. He manifests on this earth through his spirit. And, and, and who will occupy that spirit? Who will, who will let that spirit occupy them? Even Satan needs a body. Satan needed the serpent. Satan needed somebody to talk through Peter and his pride. I need you to say something to Jesus for me, Peter. And your pride is opening that door. Here it is. Here's the thinking. Here's the, here's the thoughts that are not God, but men, my thoughts. The Holy Spirit needs your body to advance the kingdom of God on this earth. I don't want to leave that because the majority of people in this room, you don't think that way, but it's time to learn that and know that and understand that. We are the body of Christ. Say it out loud. I am the body of Christ. I am the one that walks up to these two guys and hears and speaks. You know, we all got different personalities in here. Wednesday night, I, I said my personality was, a, I don't know about my personality. You got personalities. We got giftings, you know. Some people say Romans 12 are the gifts from the Father. First Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but I know this. He distributes to each one as he wills, and you have stuff that I don't have, and I have stuff that you don't have. Everybody know that? And so in Romans 12, 15, he says this. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Somebody say that. Let us use them. Let us use them. I'm not going to use them. Well, the, the kingdom's not going to be advanced. There's nothing in me that's going to come to you if I don't use what God put in me, what Jesus put in me. And Jesus can't manifest himself to you unless I use what Jesus put in me. I don't know if you, I don't know if you believe this. If prophecy and you've got a, a rhema word from God, let us, let us prophesy. Don't stay silent. You've got a gift. You've got something that the body needs, and if you don't give it to the body, the body don't have it. Jesus doesn't bypass you. I really don't know if you believe this today. In proportion to our faith, keep going. Our ministry, let us use it. <laughs> he who teaches, I can say it this way, teach. <laughs> There's something inside of you, and you know, I'm not a big proponent of trying to figure out all the gifts and all the stuff and taking the surveys and all that. I'm not a big proponent of that at all. I just kind of think it's like, you know, the Holy Spirit is pointing out. Now, you can see the gifts of administration, the gifts of health or whatever. You see that nobody tried to make themselves into that. They just naturally serve the body, and there it is, boom, 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 boom. We used to do a personality test in the church. Ants, locusts, lizards. What was it? The fourth one, I forget. 
badgered. Anybody remember that? Personality. It's amazing how everybody's got one of those four personalities. It was amazing. Well, nobody said, I'm going to be an ant personality, so I'm going to try to be an ant personality. No. It's just a recognition of what's already there. You have gifts inside of you already. And if you use it, and if you say, Jesus, use me because I want to minister to the body, all of a sudden things will start, God will start using you in things and ways. It won't be ill-fitting for you. It'll be something natural for you. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen. You know, that giving is a, is a gift from the Spirit. Mr. Don, I've been looking at Mr. Don. Mr. Don's got a gift of, of giving. He will give, 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 give. He's got a gift of giving. Now, at no time did he say, you know, I want the gift of giving, so I'm going to try to give. No, he just, he is who he is, and he loves a body, and that's what manifests in his life. Can I get a witness in the house? Yeah. Gifts. What about prayer? Anybody need prayer in the building? Seriously, does anybody, if everybody would just pray for you every night, every day for the next week, would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, you would love to have everybody praying for you because you're messed up and you want to get fixed. You want somebody praying. Yeah, right on. Me too. Right on. Acts 12, 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God by him by the... Why didn't God just do it? He's in prison. He don't need to be in prison. Why are you using people? Because he uses people. The body of Christ or the, the advancement of Christ doesn't come unless you let Jesus be Jesus in you. I got to go join the church and I got to pray, 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 pray. All of a sudden, chains are falling off. Angels are kicking him in the side. Gates are opening up. Wow, that's what a vision. I'm really free. The body does that. Don't miss this. Well, I wish things would change in their life. You got to pray. I wish my kid would straighten up. You got to pray. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You got to pray. And let the kingdom of God be released through you. I don't know any other way to say this, but th like this. So goes the body, so go I. So goes the body, so go I. 1 Corinthians 12. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. Each of you is a part of it. <laughs> Another place, I think it's in Romans, it says, weep with those that weep, rejoice with those that rejoice. You know what I, you know, you, really what I believe in my heart? I don't believe it's like this. Chad's going through something, he's going through, so I'm going to try to make myself weep for him. Chad's going, Chad just got honored in some way, I'm going to try to make myself rejoice for him. Mm -mm, it's deeper than that. When Chad is weeping, I feel what he feels. Because I have the same spirit in me that's in him. Can I get a witness in the house? I don't try to go weep with those that weep. Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But when he saw Martha and Mary crying, guess what he did? I was a little scoundrel when I, you know, who, who, who can memorize the most scripture verses? Da, 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 you get a reward. Come on. Donna, back in the day, you remember all that? Donnie was really good at that, by the way. Remember Donnie good at that, his first cousin? Me and Donnie, we run neck to neck, neck to neck. Give, give your scriptures out. Jesus wept. Luke chapter 11. Jesus wept. I don't remember the verse. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. The Holy Spirit just said, I just want you to see this. I want to single this out. Jesus wept. 
Why did he weep? Because he was connected to Mary and Martha and Lazarus, his friend. Can I get a witness in the house? I know it's going to sound freaky, but I'm, I don't think I've ever said it. I'm going to say it right now, and you can just chalk it off to I'm crazy. That's fine. That's, that's no problem. When I'm on vacation, when I'm out of town, I can feel something that's happening in the body. There's been multiple times over the years I said, I need to get home. Something's not right. Because, see, the Spirit of God, there's no distance. Are you listening to me? Something's not right. I've, I've, I've even heard twins. Have you ever heard that? This twin lives over this twin. Lives over. All of a sudden, somebody had a twin. I don't know about all that. Maybe it's hocus pocus and demons. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. I got the same spirit in me that's in you. And when you're going through something cold, I'm going to feel it. And, Kate, when you're feeling something and something good is going on in your life, I feel that. Kate's got banners all over the interstate, all over the place. I'm riding somewhere. Look at, look at Cade. You're a superstar, bro. I'm in the body. I'm in the body. As the body goes, so go I. Back in the day when we had revival meetings, and I would preach revival meetings, you go Sunday through Wednesday or Wednesday through Sunday, sometimes a week long. Occasionally, you got to send them to a couple weeks. And some of these things really became obvious to me. Listen, I preach, I pray, I prepare, fast, do all the things I need to do to get myself ready to, you know, let the Lord use me to speak a word and hopefully bring revival to this church. Everybody come to the meeting, whether it's 50, 100, 200, whatever it is. And it was astonishing to me. Everybody would come in, and they would have this jovial upbeat, lighthearted, ready-to-worship-God thing on their life. We had a great service, joy and love and peace and the kingdom. The very next night, you do all the same things. These people don't live in a compound together. They're coming from different places, different houses, and they walk through the door, and there's something on them. I'm like, what's, where's the joy? What happened? What did I do wrong? I didn't pray enough today. What happened? When you do that for five years, you realize it's really nothing to do with you. I mean, even before I preach, and everybody just has the same thing. You know why? Because we're all being played upon by the same spirits. Are you listening to me? And most of the time, we don't realize our part in worship and prayer and taking authority and do what we need to do. So all of a sudden, something in the heavenlies just kind of sways us and moves us, and we just all succumb to it. Does anybody listen to me? It happens week to week here. It happens season to season. And we all come into the same thing because as the body goes, so go we. Our restoration and cor correction come through the body. Galatians 5, 1, 2, brethren, if any man, another brother, is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I've got my, my wits about me. I'm walking in the spirit, and I see that you're struggling, brethren. And I'm supposed to go to you. Why don't, why don't the Lord just help you out and straighten you out? Why does he need me to be acted upon by the Spirit to be led to you to do something, whether I speak, whether I pray, whether I whatever, to get you back where you need to be.
See, if I separate myself from the body, I don't get those things in my life. I, I meant to say this under prayer. If, if, I, if I don't know you and you don't know me, we, we, we really don't have any power to pray for one another. That's why small groups are so important. Somebody knew Peter was in jail. Somebody felt that Peter was in jail. The body felt it because they knew him. They knew each other. And their prayer had great power. Same thing with correction and restoration. I just want to ask you a question. As you look back on your Christian life, has there ever been a time in your life when you were messed up and you needed to get restored, you needed to repent, you needed to get corrected, you needed to come back? Raise your hand high, seriously. Now, I want you to think about that in your life and how the body played a role in that. Think about it when you get home. Think about, and I guarantee you, it's something to do with the body. Some, some phone call that was made. Some message that was preached. Some prayers that were prayed that you didn't even know about. I promise you, it's something to do with the body. How important is the body in my life? How important is the body in your life? Our needs, our blessings. James 5, 16, let me give that to you. Confess your trespasses to one another. I want you to understand, when you're trespassing, it's affecting me. When I'm trespassing, it's affecting you. And Achan was just one guy among, some people say two million, maybe upwards. Shut the whole thing down. 36 men lost their lives. Remember, he took that stuff, put it in his own tent. He said, this is me. It's no big deal. I'm just a single. I'm just an individual. It's no big deal. And God says, Joshua, go get, go get, that, get that sin out of there because you can't stand before your enemy until you, until you deal with that. He was stoned. Wow. One guy. And 36 men lost their lives. 36 wives lost their husband. And who knows how many children lost their daddy because of one person. Paul understood this. 1 Corinthians 5, there's one guy living in sin in the church, sexual immorality. He said, don't you understand? And you just feel that passion in Paul as he's he's writing this. You're boasting not good. Don't you know that a little leaven will leaven this whole lump? Because your individual sin can leaven this entire congregation. I need a couple more amens than that. Let me go back. Normal Christianity. Normal, normative to the word. Not what you think, how it is. My sin can shut this whole church down. Your sin can leaven this whole lump where the anointing of God can't fall. Can I get a witness in the house? You know why? Because we're, we're the body. We share the same spirit. Our needs, our blessings come through our connection to the body of Christ. Turn to Acts 4. Or look at the screen. Acts 4.31. They were were afraid. Acts 4.31. They were threatened. Don't preach anymore. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. My blessing, my breakthrough comes through the body. We're all afraid together. We all get bold together. Verse 32, now the multitude of those who believed, I I wish we could just sit there and meditate on this for about an hour. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart. The multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was mine. It's my stuff. It's my possession. It's my time. It's me. It's just mine. That ain't biblically normal. Normal is the multitude says, we're one, 
Everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine and we're all one together. And they had all things in common. Can I get a witness in the house? And with great power, see, here we go. The apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things they were sold, laid them at the apostles' feet, they distributed each one as anyone had need. Your blessing comes from the body. And it might not be that we sell houses, lands, cars, whatever, divvy it all up and say whatever, because we don't really have, you know, some of the, they didn't have any kind of programs back there or whatever and so forth and so on. And I don't know if we'll ever get there. If we did that, we would really be run off the face of the map as a cult. But I think I can say this. You ought to be willing to. Well, this is Walmart. I just go to Walmart. Why would you sell everything and give it away and lay at the apostles' feet for Walmart? You wouldn't do that, but you would the body if you belonged to the body. I, there's nothing I wouldn't give up for my children or my grandkids. You know why? Because they're my body. We're one flesh. Well, I'm your body. We're body, the body together. Can I get a witness in the house? Your blessing. God, if God's going to provide for your needs, trust me, at some point in time, it's going to come through the body or your connection to the body. The next chapter is kind of spooky. And I and Sapphire, they sold their land. They said, oh, here it is. You know, we made, we sold for $15,000. Here's 10, and we're going to keep back five. Listen to me very carefully. We've got to stop saying that's some wild story from the New Testament. This is just normal Christianity and the way it works. The Holy Spirit said, that's not normal. That's not okay. Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit why are you holding anything back? And they dropped dead in the church so that the church could get back, get, get, could get back to normal. Can I get about three amens right there? That's why, you know, everything we do affects one another. I told Pastor Lisa when she announces Wednesday night, I said, listen, we'll do it as long as it, as it is body supported. I was very intentional on saying that because what you don't understand is what the body does. As the body does, so goes the anointing. We've had two wonderful Wednesday night services. You know why? Because they were body supported. They were in faith and people came and they were loving one another and hungry for the things of God or whatever the case may be, and all of a sudden, the anointing doesn't come through those lights. They don't, it, don't, it don't come through them can lights, just kind of, we don't have a missing machine that kind of brings the anointing into the room. Justin, anointing's inside of you. Carlos is inside of you. And I can resist it, I can shut it down, I can resist the Holy Spirit, I can grieve, I can quench, I can stay home when I need to be here. And all of a sudden we come together and all of a sudden the anointing is not flowing like it needs to. Can I get a witness in the house? 
Don't act like you don't understand this. If you had a family reunion, 300 people, you got a big family, 300 people are supposed to be there. You get there, you bought your shirt, gonna have a yellow shirt, it's gonna say Johnson, you know, family reunion. You're all excited about it. Aunt Sally, she's been sending out invitations to die. She's orchestrated this thing, she's coordinated this thing, she's so excited. She's got a little hoop, 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 and a little blowing thing. She's got that, she got the hats, she got everything, she's so excited. And all of a sudden, you get there, and it's time to be there at 10 o'clock, a person quit, and all of a sudden, three cars show up. And eight people are out there under the, all the tables. And Uncle Buck is over there belching because he's eating 17 pieces of sausage and three pieces of cake because there's food all over the place. Sitting in the chair at Aunt Sally's blowing a little thing. But they're miserable. There's no anointing there. You know why? Where's the family? Well, I, you know what? I just think we need to go on with it anyway. Go on with it anyway. Let me tell you something. There's no anointing. If the body doesn't bring the anointing, the anointing's not there. There's a many churches don't do Wednesday nights. There's a lot of churches have thousands of people in their congregation, but only 100 people show up on Wednesday night. You know, call me whatever you want to call me. I ain't doing that. If the body ain't there, there's no anointing there. And like Paul said, you're going you're gonna to be meeting and be worse off than if you wouldn't have met at all. Brother Mike knows what I'm talking about. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Wayne, it takes you, it takes me, it takes all of us together to bring the anointing. As you sit in here right now, listen to me. Who you are and what you're doing right now is affecting this atmosphere. It's affecting the anointing every Sunday morning. You say, I want the anointing, I want the anointing. There's no anointing. There is anointing. There's no anointing. There is anointing. Let me tell you, you bring the anointing. Your prayer life. Your expectation, the joy that, that you have in your spirit, the way you worship God, the way that you give your heart. God goes, loyal hearts, loyal hearts, loyal hearts. Show myself strong, show myself strong. Can I get an amen? amen. Put that scripture up in Deuteronomy 20. They were going to war. Look, then the officers will say, also say, is anyone here afraid or worried? Gideon did this too, but... Is anyone here afraid or worried? I would hate to ask this crowd that. If you are, go on home. Because you're going to make everybody else afraid and worried. Don't miss this. If Satan can make you afraid and worried, it's going to make me afraid and worried. Come on, somebody. Even Pastor Lisa and I, how we affect one another. If I'm in faith and I go, praise God, everything, it, it, it does something for her. Or I can say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, whatever, or vice versa. And all of a sudden, she's rubbing off on me and I'm rubbing off on her. And all of a sudden, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? God's looking for faith in the house, expectation in the house. I'm going to finish up with Ephesians 4. We'll be done. Team, come on up. Let's read this together. Let's stand up, not read it together. Let's listen to this together. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me just say this while you're standing. You can pray for the lost souls. You can pray for lost souls. You can pray for lost souls. And you need to pray for lost souls. But until you open your mouth, lost souls are going to stay lost souls. Let me say that again. I'm praying for my coworker. I'm praying for my daughter. I'm praying for my parents. I'm praying and praying and praying. They need to be saved. Save them, Lord. Save them, Lord. Save them, Lord. If you pray, pray, pray for the rest of your life, but nobody says anything, then they're going to die lost. Amen. 
Ethiopian eunuch. He's reading the Bible. He's been worshiping. He doesn't understand what he's reading. He's got the Word. He's got the Spirit that can teach him the Word. But the Spirit of God says, Philip, go stand over there by the road that leads to Gaza. I don't even know where I'm going. Okay, I'm going to stand by the road. What am I doing here? Just going to obey the Holy Spirit. Oh, here comes a chariot. I wonder if that's any, any part of my assignment. The Holy Spirit said, go over take that chariot. Okay, run the chariot. I don't know why I'm going to run the chariot down. And he's reading in, his, in, in the scroll, Isaiah 53. And Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? How can I unless someone guides me? Can I get a witness up in here? I got a little soul too. I really do. Kind of in that charity, preached, he opened his mouth. He preached Jesus to him. And if that guy doesn't respond to the Holy Spirit and get up in that chariot, that Ethiopian eunuch dies and goes to hell. Because Jesus uses you and Jesus uses me to open our mouths because we are the body of Christ. Amen or not? Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church in the body of Christ. I equip you, equip you with the word of God, equip you so that you can build up the work of Christ, build up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just say this. Some of you need to stop saying, there's nothing I can offer, there's nothing I can do. Stop that. You already are equipped enough to do something for Jesus right now. In fact, I've been really feeling this in my heart. We, COVID's over, okay? As far as I, it's over. It's, it, wherever people will let us go into, we need to be serving this community and go out and be in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? Maybe the church can't orchestrate that for you. But look for, look for ways to serve people in the community. I know the right hand, I'm supposed to tell what the left hand is doing. I'm not trying to do this for a reward from you, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I said, what can I do? I drive by this guy's house every day of my life. He backs in his 18-wheeler. He's got a big mud hole out there. Week after week after week, I'm going, you know, I can fix that hole. I can fix that hole. I can fix that hole. All of a sudden, I don't know. That's kind of weird. Fix that hole. Fix that hole. I said, you know what? I'm going to fix that hole this week. I'm going to fix it. Got me a load of clay in the dump trailer. Went over there, dumped that clay out, spread it out by the little rocks, blah, 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 blah. Don't even know their name. Don't even know who they are. Finally, the woman comes out of the house. What are you doing? I was trespassing. Actually, just say, thank you so much. I just talked to my husband on the phone. I got him on the He said, thank you. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was an issue in their life, and I was I'm fixing it. You know, you can't get a big 18-wheeler load, even though he's got an 18-wheeler. What are you going to do the rest of the dirt? I, I got to dump truck. I can get in there, tractor. Ten minutes, I can get it done. Invite him to church. Don't know if they ever attended or ever visited. But you know what? That's not my business. My business, it might be a seed for down the road. Maybe it's for their daughter. Can I get a witness in the house? I remember that pastor over there. I'm not trying to get accolades. I'm just telling you, look around you. Look for your members that have needs. I drive by and I see a need somewhere, and you're going to go do that need. I need to do a lot more, and you do too. Don't wait for the church to organize you. Get out there and do the work of the ministry. You are equipped. This will continue till we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Whose standard? Whose standard? Not your standard, right? <laughs> Who's normal? 
Not your normal, right? Christ's normal. Then we, we will no longer be immature like children. We will be tossed and blown by every wind of doctrine, every teaching. Oh, blowing this way and blowing this way. I talked to this. I got online. I, oh, oh, I heard this blog. I read this blog. I talked to this person at work. Stop it. That's the body. The body is what's important to be the right body. Let the word of God come forth and lead you and guide you in life. Search the word daily to see if what I'm preaching is the truth or not. I would love for you to do that. Don't receive it as the word of man, but as is the truth, the word of God. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Amen? Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Look at this verse. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. How many of you in this building today would say, I know that I know that I'm the body of Christ. I'm saved. Listen. Listen to me. You are the body. You are the body of Christ. And if Christ manifests in this place, it's going to come through you as a vessel and me as a vessel if God's going to if Jesus is going to touch somebody it's going to come through your hands it's going to come through your feet it's going to come through your spirit it's going to come through your mouth and everybody who raised their hand as a member of the body of Christ there's something you have to offer this place you know those people Pastor Larry pointed out there's people that blow this parking lot off 6 30 7 o'clock every Sunday morning you didn't even know they're there. But we're just trying to honor God in all that we do. Amen. There's all kind of things. The other day I was scrubbing the commodes in the, in the church. There's some rings. And I was like, them rings. I don't like them rings in that commode. Don't rub off the porcelain. Porcelain, nothing. You've got to throw the commode away. This, thing, this ain't X. This ain't Jesus. We've got to have our commodes looking like Jesus. Amen? If you want to take over that job for me, that's fine. There's something you can do. But if you even think for one second that being a member of the body of Christ is driving up on this parking lot every Sunday morning, getting out and saying hello and goodbye and getting in that car and having nothing to do because we're Walmart, you're not going to know this until it's too late. But you're going to realize what you did to the body, you were doing to Jesus. And what you didn't do to the body, you weren't doing to Jesus. So I would pray. What's the safe place? Get yourself in the body. Wherever it is, it don't have to be here, but you better get somewhere in the body. You better give it all that you are, all your resources, everything laid down. There's no such thing as anybody being a member of the body and their money ain't laid down or their time ain't laid down, their service ain't laid down. There's no such thing. Now, you might need to repent and you're backslidden, but I'm going to tell you something. This body is Jesus. Are you listening to me? If I walk away from you right now in my life, I walk away from Jesus. If I let myself get stupid and commit some sin and dishonor my position as a pastor and, 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 and render myself, you know, not qualified or unqualified to be, I'm going to just tell you something. It ain't no joke. I'm doing these things to Jesus. And Miss Cindy, it's, 
I, look, Miss Cindy. Visited in the hospital the other day. This couple, I don't know this couple real well. I said, I think I, they're connected with somebody. And I, is it y'all? Mr. John, Mr. Is it, yeah, they're connected with us. She's coming to our church, and she said, this is the friendliest church she's ever been in. And I looked at Miss Cindy, did I not? And said, Miss Cindy, that's because of you. I said, that's nothing to do with this building. That's nothing to do with me. That's because she encountered you. Enough said. Amen. If you don't know the Lord right now, just call out and say, Jesus, I want to be in your body. I want to be in your body. I want you to be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to baptize me and put me in the body. I want you to listen very carefully. This world and the threats of nuclear war and all those things. Let me just tell you something. And all the craziness out there, and we could just expound upon that forever. There's only one safe place. Jesus said, upon this rock, this revelation that I am the Christ, upon this rock of revelation, I, help me complete it, I will build my church. You know the rest of it? And the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Don't you get scared, you. And don't you get intimidated. You're on a rock that no hurricane, no nuclear warhead, nothing can destroy what's going on inside of you and your kingdom and your home in heaven one day. Nothing can destroy it. But I'm going to tell you something else. There ain't nothing out there. There ain't nothing out there that's safe. Your 401k ain't safe. You ain't safe because we got the greatest military in the world. You ain't safe because of none of that. You're only safe because you're on the rock. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Can I get a witness in the house? Let's give the Lord a hand up of praise today. Hey, I just want to sing that little tag a couple times before we go out. Oh, is it the tag? Yeah, okay, tag. I want you to sing it once. I want you to sing it twice. Then I want you to do that again. How many of you want to hear Brandy finish that off again? Come on, just be thankful. I'm in the body. I'm forgiven. I'm in the body. <laughs>